And now we have an announcement from a mystery person. Move on over. Okay. Hello, well family. I just want to let you know that the Easter Bunny is unavailable at the moment. So they sent me. Hi. I am here to announce that on. <coughs> Calm down, Randy. On November, oh, not November, wow, 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 move on over here. Okay, on Sunday, April 9th, we are going to have our annual Kingdom Kids Easter Egg Hunt. And we would love to invite you, your friends and family, to join us. We will be on the back patio. We will have jolly jumps for both the older kids and the younger kids. So that way the younger kids will have more fun and not get clobbered by a giant cow. So we would love to have you. It's for uh, nursery age through fifth grade for the Easter egg hunt, but all ages for all the games and other activities. We also, if you notice uh, my egg bag is a little empty, we do have Easter eggs that are filled, but we are asking if you could donate pre-filled Easter eggs. Um, if you would like to do that, um, please see me or just donate them and bring them to church on Sunday. That would be great before the event, and we would love to see you there. So um, the Easter Bunny will be here. Um, I will not because I have other um, prior engagements, but um, the Easter Bunny will be here, so we hope to see you. And on that account, um, Kingdom Kids, go ahead and meet us at the back door, and we will take you to our um, petting zoo. All right. Wow. <laughs> Let's give it up for our Kingdom Kids. Uh... Wow. Okay. That was a first, <laughs> just letting you know. So it is a wonderful uh, Easter celebration. They, they literally blanket the back lawn with eggs all the way through and the jolly jumps. So yeah, if you'd love to participate, we'd love to have you uh, bring some pre-filled eggs and that would be great. Uh, like we said, it's the first Sunday in March and so we uh, wanna welcome you if you're visiting. Uh, it's called our family service. And so if you don't know if you're visiting, we have a church website, there's an app, there's uh, information in the seats in front of you, kind of get to know us. There's a welcome cart uh, outside that uh, has more information about the church. Uh, there's one thing that, that I was reminded of this week, and um, I'm, I know that we have had several new people come and connect with the church. There's a, a, a ministry called Right Now Media, okay? And if you go to uh, their website... Uh, they have incredible Bible studies for men, women, uh, kids. They have incredible Bible studies on marriage and parenting. Uh, and what we've done is we partnered with them. How long ago was that? A year or two already? Yeah. And so uh, it's a subscription, but we partnered with them. And a the church pays for the subscription, so it's free to you. And so please, by all means, uh, great, great studies from great teachers uh, video series, again, very topical oriented, and it's free to you, okay? So you go onto the website, you can click um, Pastor Tyler, you see him for more information about the password. Um, but we really wanted to provide this to you as a church family 
uh, for your own personal studies and, um, you know, so you're not always just dependent on what we're going to do. So uh, if you're interested, by all means, uh, check out Right Now Media, and uh, we hope that you'll be blessed by it, okay? Uh, moving on along, I wanted to share with you, you know, it is family service, and I wanted to share some family news. Uh, many of you know that our brother Pat Pagnasat has been battling cancer for uh, quite a while now. And our brother Pat went to be home with the Lord this morning, about 4.30 a.m. And uh, Pastor Tyler and I were able to spend time with him and his wife and uh, daughter Natalie yesterday in their house. And uh, I would really ask you, um, and, and Kathy would really appreciate your prayers during this time. It's been quite a journey for them. And now they're entering a new season, kind of we call it a page turner, right? You turn the page and now uh, you walk in, in a whole new season. Uh, the good news is, you know... Um, Pat knew the Lord, and uh, Kathy has been blessed, their family has been blessed by this church family, and all the love and support and prayers that you, you have given to them uh, over the years, and especially in this last season of Pat's life. Uh, the way it's going to work, you know, because um, I know we're a very loving church family, but we also have this balance of trying to give family space and time to grieve and process. So if you want to do something or you're wondering what we can do for Kathy and her family, if you would see Pastor Tyler... He's uh, working very closely with Kathy, and uh, he's going to kind of navigate that with us all as far as meals and, and all of that kind of stuff. We just want to give her a little bit of time to breathe and, and just kind of uh, settle down and, and, and kind of chart a course with Natalie and the rest of the family. So um, anyway, um, you know, Pat, many of you, if you were here when we started the church, you know, I shared with the, uh, the leadership team this morning, uh, the thing I'm going to miss is, you know, Pat's guitar out of my left ear because he was right there. For years and years and a phenomenal guitar player and years and years of worship team with us and so i'll miss him as a brother but miss uh, his ministry here um, but the good news is we know where he is and uh, we celebrate that so it, it's it's human uh, i would give you permission as well um depending on you know your experiences with grief uh, people here, you know, you, you knew the Pagnus, you knew Pat and the Pagnusats very well for years and years. Some may not even know Pat. Um, everyone grieves differently and on their own timeline. Uh, there's not necessarily a right or a wrong. Um, we just want to be uh, loving to one another and sensitive to one another. So uh, pray for, if you pray for Kathy and Natalie, um, that would be great. And then we'll let you know more uh, as we move forward about kind of logistical details about how we can come alongside her. Okay. Um, coming up in uh, the 18th, men, just want to encourage you, uh, the men's breakfast, uh, March 18th. Uh, I shared kind of at length last Sunday about our heart for men uh, moving forward that we really um, want to kind of not be afraid to, to speak to and look at what the Bible says about issues specific to men. And uh, on the 18th, you're going to, you know, there's going to be someone who's going to be sharing uh, kind of their journey through some of these issues that men face. Um, and we really want to encourage you, come on out. Um, it's going to be a fun breakfast. We're going to you know, do some fun things as well. It's not going to be this really heavy thing, but we do want to just keep really proactively into 2023 uh, seeking the Lord and taking steps forward to, to minister to the men of the church. Amen? And, and again, sometimes it might be a little bit uncomfortable because, you know, um, there are some real issues that affect men personally, affect their marriages, affect their homes. And sometimes even in the church, we're a little bit reluctant to go there. Um, but the Lord's really put on our heart this year. we got to go there. 
we got to go there uh, to set some men free and to really um, do what we need to do, which is shepherd one another and care for one another. So men, sign up for that so we can kind of get a head count for food. That would be appreciated. Um, Mark. Thank you. So just a couple announcements. Um, going along the lines of men that Richie was just talking about, um, during the pandemic, um, I started an online men's Bible study via Zoom. And um, after kind of we started meeting back together again, the Lord really put it on my heart to continue doing that. And we do still have a Wednesday night Bible study via Zoom. And really the, the focus of it at the moment is really guys who can't come in, uh, you know, any other circumstance, you know, because of your work schedule or whatever the case may be, can't come early on a Sunday morning or do other things. So we're at a kind of a transition of starting a new topic. We just finished a, a whole a series with R.C. Sproul on the parables of Jesus. So we're starting this uh, Wednesday night at 7 o'clock on Zoom, a new study that is the seven challenges that men encounter. And again, this is actually right now media um, uh, content that Richie was talking about that really is a great website. So I'm really just looking at guys who aren't involved in a Bible study. This is an hour commitment on Wednesday night. Um, it's a great group of guys. We have a half a dozen guys or so that are just regularly with us. And I really, really encourage all of you guys who aren't involved in something, get a hold of me. I'll give, put you on the email list, send you the link every week and come spend time in the word fellowship and, and prayer with us. Um, so that's number one. Number two is Mexico. Um, so as you know, we have a couple trips coming up to Mexico this year. The uh, first one is going to be June 18th uh, to 24th. We'll be down in Tijuana for this uh, trip. We're going to be building two houses back to back. Um, so uh, I will. we're really starting registration kind of with in earnest. And so if you are interested in going, if you've already signed up on the list outside that's out on the, the welcome card, I'll be sending you something this week uh, to actually go out and register and that kind of thing. If you are interested in going, um, there seems to be a lot of interest. So let me know. There's a sign-up sheet out on the welcome card. You can come talk to me personally if you'd like to know more about it. And again, I'll just say over and over again, there's three things you can do relative to this type of mission work. One is you can go. If the Lord puts that on your heart and is leading you to do that, come with us and go. Number two is you can pray. Um, we need just prayer for ourselves, for our team, for our YWAM partners, for the families that we build for, and, and the Lord's work in their hearts, because this is really all about Jesus relative to them. And three is we need a lot of money. Uh, frankly, you know, for both the trip in June and in October, the financial needs about $55,000 to build four houses over these two trips. So it's about half that 27000 or so for this trip coming up in June. So it's not too early. If you feel led by the Lord, you can just you know put money in. You can send it to the church. Just designate it for Mexico missions or Homes of Hope, whatever you want. But um, those are ways that we can all participate in this particular work of the Lord. So thank you. Before we worship, I just want to encourage you. I, I shared this with the team this morning. You know, um, there are seasons in life, and the last uh, year or so, really last two years, you know, we've, we've had uh, the challenge and the privilege to uh, navigate um, many of the dear saints uh, going to be with Jesus. And uh, I was reminded with Pat's passing, you know, that this matters. That's why this matters. This is, this is more than just showing up somewhere on a Sunday. This is family. And, and we celebrate together. We celebrate births. We celebrate expectant births. 
and then we navigate, we navigate the challenges of, of death and illness and all the ups and downs and lefts and rights that life has to offer. That's why he called us to bear one another's burdens. That's why he put the church together, that we are the body of Christ. Amen? Amen. And so I just want to encourage you. You know, a lot happens from Sunday to Sunday. I don't know. How many of you had a lot happen in the last six or seven days, right? Just, whoa. You know, and, and Bill made a great, great point this morning. He says, even if you've come the last three Sundays in a row, every Sunday you come, you're different. You're in a different place just based on what happened in the last six or seven days. None of us shows up here exactly the way we were last Sunday. And what we can do, regardless of, of what happened and what transpired the last seven days, when we walk through the doors and when we, or when we get here, we can choose to just be fully present. Amen? Right? We can choose to, to maximize this time. Because really none of us know what's going to happen when we leave here. We assume we're going to make it home. We assume we're going to wake up tomorrow. We assume. There's just a lot of assumptions, but quite frankly, we don't know. But what we do know right now is we're here. And we can be fully present. We can, we can enjoy our vertical relationship, our love relationship with our Father through song and the Word. And we can enjoy one another. And we can uh, pray for one another. We can smile. We can engage in life. Um, because it matters. This matters. Every Sunday to me, you know, I've been doing this for 30 years. Every Sunday, is an, I, it's, a, it's a one-off to me, meaning I gear up as if I've never done it before, and I gear up as if I may never get to do it again. That's how I approach every Sunday. Every time I preach, every time I lead worship, I got to do, do it to the max because I don't, there's no guarantee I'll ever do it again. And for you, I want to encourage you, don't just, don't miss it. Don't miss this. Don't miss what God has for you today. It's not an accident you're here. It's not an accident you're listening at home. Just don't miss it. You can choose to be fully present. Amen? So this morning, we're actually going to uh, have a different kind of service. Uh, originally, uh, our brother Jordan was going to uh, have an opportunity for the very first time to uh, bring the Word of God and preach. Uh, unfortunately, he fell ill to what many and the church family have been battling this week. And so I uh, had a change of plans yesterday. And uh, we're going to do something a little bit different. And we're actually very excited about it. Uh, we've been going through the book of Mark. And in Mark 1, 1, 2, and 3, if you remember, it says this. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight, right? And we know that that was John the baptizer. And he said, his message was, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. And I want to kind of focus on that word Lord. In the Greek, it's kurios, right? And, and that word Lord means, primarily means the possessor, owner, master the supreme one, one who is sovereign and possesses absolute authority, absolute ownership, and uncontested power. That's the Lord, okay? And John says, hey, somebody's coming. The Lord. Absolute authority, absolute owner, uncontested power. In verse 1, God is coming in the form of Jesus. God is coming, and he says, in response to his presence, 
There should be a, a, a response. He says, make your path straight. And we talked about last Sunday. It's like fix up the roads. You're right. The Romans would go, oh, you know, this, is, this happened when kings would be entering cities or regions. They would send someone ahead of them and say, hey, the king's coming in a day or two. The king's coming in, you know, get the roads ready. Take out the trees. Take out the, you know, fill the holes. Get the rocks out of the way. That's what they're saying. So the Romans, to whom Mark was writing, would be like, dude, this guy, John the baptizer, says, the Lord God is coming. We got to do something. We got to get ready for this. Not just the roads, but our hearts. And we're going to look at that when we're in a couple weeks when we look at that. What does that mean to prepare your heart? Because that's what the next passage talks about. But when I was thinking about this for today, he says, the Lord is coming. Right? And imagine, imagine if somehow someone showed up today. Same in Libby, Libby Park. And they're like, hey, God's coming to Ojai. Prepare yourself. Better fix the roads, right? They better get on that thing right there because right in front of Seafresh is just killing my suspension, right? I like that sign that says sorry. It says sorry for the inconvenience. I'm like, who wrote sorry? That's pretty. Okay. So anyway. So this idea that God is going to be present, there should be a response. There should be. And, you know, uh, in the years, many of you know I have five kids and, and four girls and a boy. And many of my daughters worked at Reigns over the years through high school. And oftentimes they would come home and say, Dad, guess who came into Reigns, right? The celebrity, right? The celebrity so-and-so, right? So-and-so came in today and... and uh, in fact, one of, uh, one of my daughters, uh, she was working there, and a celebrity came in and happened to be Eileen's birthday, and she kind of had this conversation, say, hey, would you mind saying happy birthday to my little sister? And it was pretty cool. He did. So thank you, Anthony Hopkins, for saying happy birthday <laughs> to Eileen, like 16 or 17-year-olds, right? Hey. And, and there's this sense, if it was God or even in Ojai, a celebrity shows up or an athlete or you know, an influencer or some business person, right, shows up, that there might just be a response, right? That's kind of how we're wired. We're wired to be sort of entertainment-oriented. And, and it's very interesting because I was thinking about a series that I did back in 2019, and I encourage you, it's on the website. I, I verified it's still up. And it was called, Are You Praying or Just Saying? And it was a series, and we looked at this model of prayer. How do you pray? Right? Are you praying, meaning biblical prayer, in the model that Jesus gives, or are you just saying, meaning like you're just talking a lot and you think you're praying? Right? And I know it was very helpful for many because we walked through the Lord's Prayer in Matthew and we saw how Jesus, how Lord calls us to pray. And, and kind of the point is to understand prayer, we have to understand presence. Okay? Just like John the baptizer said, hey, Lord's coming. You got to get ready. Well, if we're going to pray, we got to understand that in Matthew 6, let's look at the, Jesus says this in Matthew 6, talking about prayer. He says, when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, he's talking to his disciples, Go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. 
and your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this. And many of you will be familiar with this. I grew up. This is called the Our Father. I grew up in the Roman Catholic tradition, the Our Father, the Lord's Prayer. So Jesus says this is a model for your prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So I grew up. I know that prayer. I grew up as long as I can remember. I can still recite that. And, and it's a beautiful prayer. But what Jesus was talking about and what we did in that whole series back in 2019, it was like that was a model of prayer. It wasn't necessarily supposed to be memorized and just said back. Okay? There, was, there, was, there were categories in there. There's models. And, and really when he says when you pray, pray like this. The, the important part, and this is where we skip, because most of us think that prayer is what? Talking at God. Like, okay, it's time to pray. And what do we define that as? Talk at God. Tell him everything we would like him to do for us. And when we're done, we say amen. And that was prayer, right? That's kind of how, or we, we recite memorized things. Again, not necessarily anything wrong with that. And once we're done reciting it, we think we prayed and that's it. Okay, those are just elements. But when Jesus says, pray like this, the word pray in the Greek is prosuhomai. And what that means is this. When you pray, the word pray means you become conscious of being in the presence of God. And if you choose to be conscious that you're in the presence of God, everything changes. It goes from rote and routine and ritual to relationship. And that's the heartbeat of what we want to do today is give you an opportunity for pros uhumai to pray consciously aware that you're in the presence of God. It's very interesting because if we're not careful in the church, we become numb to supernatural, incredible things. The Bible says that because we put our faith in Jesus, we are children of God, we're adopted into his family. Romans 8 says we are now able to call him Abba, Father, which is a term of endearment, is Papa, Daddy, right? Mind-boggling. That through faith in Jesus, we have the privilege that only believers have to call the God of the universe Daddy. Amen? Now, now, here's the thing. If we're not careful, though, that intimacy that we have with calling him Papa or Abba, Father, we can almost get too informal with him. And we lose his holiness and majesty. He's God. He's not your buddy. <laughs> he loves you. You're his child. But we can never lose the holiness and the reverence and the awe of coming into the presence of God Almighty. And that's kind of where I'm, I'm concerned about the church. We slide into an informal relationship. And we, you ever have, 
maybe I'll speak to the, the older crowd here, more mature. You ever have someone younger than you come and disrespect you with their words? And anything, you either said this or you thought this. Who do you think you're talking to? Anyone? Like, whoa, hey, cool your jets here, buddy. Remember who you're talking to, right? Because you were feeling disrespected because they were like treating you like this or below you. Sometimes I think as a church, as the church, we need to choose to come back to the reverence and the holiness of God. And just humble ourselves before him. That's prayer. That's where prayer begins. Because Jesus says, our Father, okay, that's the term of endearment. Hey, Father. Then he says, hallowed be your name. Right off the bat, Father, you are God. May I never forget that. May your name always be hallowed. Right? And, And if we're not careful, sometimes in the church we get real flippant. And if we're flippant in prayer, we can actually become flippant in our lives. We can just kind of like, oh, yeah, God, yeah, God, yeah. And we forget the reverence and the presence of God just in everyday life. Because somewhere along the line, we became numb to his presence. For instance, here, if, if for some reason someone were, I were to have set up and I flung the door open and some celebrity walked in here, some of you would perk up. Hey, so-and-so's here, Right? If there was a Christian celebrity, if a well-known pastor or worship leader came in, some of you would go, I really got to worship now. I really got to pay attention now because so-and-so's in the room. I lived that. Years ago in the 90s when Promise Keepers was a huge movement, I traveled with Miles McPherson, who was a Promise Keeper speaker. I was his assistant, and I'd been up on that level of the stadiums where only the big dogs get to go. All the speakers, you know, McCartney and all of them, all of them. And I remember the first time I got off the elevator at the family level at the uh, Astrodome. I walked out, and right here on all the couches were all the main speakers sitting and talking. I'm like, oh. I had that moment of like, am I allowed to be here? And these are just men. They're just humans, right? But we live in the cult of celebrity, even in the church. And so my question to you is, why is it that if somebody human were show up, you would perk up, but we had the God of the universe? Why do we lose that? We get more excited about, you know, so-and-so coming in. Hey, so-and-so was at church. So-and-so went to church. God was at church. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I get it. I've been around celebrities. I've been around pro athletes who are believers. I get it. I get it. I really do. But it's also a huge check. Because if you're more excited about so-and-so being here versus your privilege to worship the Lord God Almighty, who you get to call Father, you got to kind of wonder, where's my focus? And so this morning, we want to bring the focus back and give you a chance to pray. Conscious, aware of the presence of God. And there's a church model that we've used here and we use it every once in a while when we have a prayer service on a Sunday and it's called the ACTS model, okay? And it stands for Adoration, Confession, Thanksgiving, and Supplication, A-C-T-S. And I'm hoping this is helpful for some because I know we have some new believers and those kind of just kind of figuring out even how to pray. This is a model 
And we're going to walk through those four categories this morning. And here's how it's going to work. Uh, Mark and Bill and Shiloh, they're going to introduce adoration. Uh, for instance, Mark will speak to adoration. And then we're actually, okay, hold on to your seats here. We're going to pray. Everyone go, ooh. See, because in church, we talk about prayer. In church, we encourage you to pray. But why is it on a Sunday we don't pray? Except for beginning and closing, right? Those, those, those times when we're supposed to. This morning, you get a chance to pray. But really, you get a chance to prosuhomai. You get a chance to choose to be consciously aware of the presence of God. And we're going to focus on each of those categories. We'll have a time of prayer, about a minute, only a minute. So it's okay. Turn to the person next to you and say, it's only a minute. Hang in there. Okay. Because here's the thing. After about 15 seconds, some of you are going to get squirrely. Because our culture is so wired that we can't even sit still mentally focused for a minute. Because we've got to swipe and we've got to check and we've got to do and we've got to do this. So you're going to have a chance at the very least to be quiet and be still for a minute. That could revolutionize your life, right, if you've been in a whirlwind. It's a model. I encourage you to learn the model and, and take it and, and use it in your own journey with Jesus, okay? And then after we pray for about a minute, we're going to close each, each section uh, with a song. And so I really want to encourage you. This is your time. We're just stepping back and being facilitators. The introduction to each compartment, the, each category, and then the time of prayer, it's time to pray. It's just time to give you a chance to pray. Now, the way it works, and what we want you to do is, is like Mark's going to introduce adoration, and for a minute, focus on adoration. Because some of you are going to be like, I'm done. Now what? Okay, if you get, I'm done, now what? Just sit there and be quiet. Because maybe God wants to say something to you. See, that's, that's what I'm saying. We define prayer as talking at God. And when we're done, we'll say, thank you very much. See you tomorrow. And he's like, uh, uh, uh. And you're like, we don't give him a chance to talk. We got to give him a chance to speak through his word. Or through the Holy Spirit to us. Okay? So, Mark, why don't you come on up and lead us into adoration. Adoration. So I started by looking it up in the dictionary. And honestly, I was pretty impressed with what the dictionary had to say about this word. So this is how uh, the dictionary defines adoration. One, the act of paying honor as to a divine being, worship, reverent homage, fervent and devoted love. That's what adoration is, fervent and devoted love, paying homage, honoring a divine being, worship. That's what adoration is all about. So last Thursday night, Kathy and I went and saw the Jesus Revolution. Any of you guys seen, seen the movie yet? Uh, if you haven't seen it, honestly, I highly recommend you go see that movie. Um, you know, I've seen lots of Christian movies over the years, and I enjoy Christian movies, I think, some. Some are better than others. But by and large, they kind of do one of two things for me. One is they either really kind of help me understand um, the Lord and context and, you know, even like the chosen. I mean, they really just kind of bring something personal about who Jesus was and his followers and things like that. 
And other ones that you watch, you know, help me understand the context, you know, the, the culture and the geography and that kind of thing. And I find those, those uh, movies or stories or documentaries really helpful and enjoyable to watch. But the Jesus Revolution, and I mean this with all sincerity, this was completely different. Kathy and I walked out of that theater and we were looking at each other like, what the heck just happened? Like, what the heck did we just watch? Because for us, the Jesus Revolution was really personal. That movie was very personal. If you haven't seen the movie, or even if you have, it's, it's the story about really the beginnings of Calvary Chapel with Chuck Smith as the pastor. And there's, uh, there's um, Greg Laurie is, has a role in it, and a gentleman, Lonnie Frisbee, who frankly I'd never even heard of before but had to kind of look up and understand that. But the story is about the revolution, the blowing of the Holy Spirit in the United States in the late 60s and the early 70s. And that the Spirit came and blew across this country in a way that was absolutely revolutionary. Some of the things that were kind of just mentioned in, this, in the movie is that you know it was, it was the hippie generation. And it's so personal because that's who I was. In the late 60s, early 70s, I was a hippie. If I, I'll bring pictures next time and show you. But that, was, that was who I was. That was my life. And so this, this, this movie is talking about the journey of hippies in that era of, of rebelling, of rejecting the, you know, the current you know, way things that were being done and looking and seeking for truth, seeking for something that was better than what we had, what our parents had, and just yearning and looking and, and wanting something different. And I, like many other hippies, looked in a lot of wrong directions. You know, I mean, I participated fully in everything hippies were doing, in drugs and, and music and just Eastern religions, anything that I could get my hands on that was trying to find truth and trying to find meaning in life and trying to, frankly, for me personally, fill this kind of emptiness in my heart. Well, there were hundreds of thousands of young people in that era that were seeking that same truth. And the Holy Spirit came, the Lord sent the Holy Spirit to blow across this country and to move in the hearts of young people to, to find faith, to, to find that truth in Jesus. That Jesus said to me, I am the way. I am the way. I am the truth. It's me, I, Jesus, I'm the life. And I, I, that was just so revolutionary to me. To me. And I, I love this one quote from Chuck Smith in the movie. Somebody comes up to him and says, can you explain kind of what is going on with all these young people? And he said, no, I can't. You have to experience it. You have to experience what is going on here. And the young people would say to their friends and to their parents who didn't get it, who saw this revolution going on in somebody's heart, like, what is going on? The person, all they could say is, it's real. It's true. It's real. You've got to come and listen. You've got to come and hear because it's real. It's true. This Jesus, that is who is the answer to what I've been looking for. So that was my testimony. Kathy and I lived that life. They're showing at the end of the movie kind of real clips of, you know, actual movie from back in the late 60s. And I said to Kathy, like, that's, I think I see you in there. Yeah. 
that's us. You could have put, you could have taken our picture, put us in that movie clip, and like we would have just been like right fit in like that. But what happened is the Lord, and this comes to adoration, the Lord had just the kindness towards Kathy and I to just put us at the very beginnings of our uh, faith journey with other believers who had that same revolution going on in their lives, who had that same absolute passion. We've got, frankly, two friends sitting next to Kathy, uh, live in Virginia, were with us 50 years ago in Isla Vista, just <laughs> doing this same thing together. Gee, they were hippies, too. You ought to see their pictures. <laughs> it's quite, quite the scene. But what happened is that God gave us a love for Jesus Christ, put in our heart a passion, a devotion, an overwhelming love for him. And we didn't understand it. We were flawed people. I mean, you know, it wasn't a pretty sight necessarily. But there was no question that we loved Jesus no matter what. We love Jesus more than anything in this world. That is what adoration is. That is what adoration is, is for you right now in just a minute to think and turn to the God of the universe that Richie was just talking about and to acknowledge in your heart to passionately, passionately tell him, I love you. I love you, Jesus. I know how you have loved me, have forgiven me have turned my heart around, have turned my life inside out. It is all because of you, and it is because of you alone. And to just say that back to him and to tell him how much you love him for what he has done in your life, that is what adoration is. So we are going to spend, I'm sorry you only have a minute. Richie said that this morning, and I'm, I'm biting my tongue, brother. I'm biting my tongue. I'm saying, like, dude, a minute is, like, not nearly long enough to adore or confess or do any of the other stuff we're doing. But we're going to give you a minute to, however you want to do it, you can talk out loud, you can say quietly, you can pray with your neighbor, whatever you want to do. But this is an opportunity for you to focus on adoration, to focus on telling Jesus how much you love him because of everything that he's done for you. So go ahead, however you choose to do that. You've got a minute, maybe a little bit more, and then we'll kind of come that, bring that period of time to close with a song.
in this model of prayer that we're given in Scripture represents confession. <clears throat> and the word confession in Scripture simply means to speak the same thing or to be in agreement. That's what confession is. And most often in Scripture, to confess is what? To acknowledge and to declare to whom? Abba, Father, our Heavenly Father. That just quite simply we have sinned. You see, that we have missed the mark somehow. That, that the target that we've been aiming for has not been hit. Because it, you see, was the target that he established for us. And so, in one way, we confess, we agree, and we speak the same thing as God when we confess because we've missed on how to think, how to act, and how to live quite frankly, a life that is in obedience to him. So you see, to be in right relationship with God, we absolutely must confess sin. Amen? We must. King David in Psalm 32 uh, shares with us uh, some consequences of unconfessed sin. I love the scripture. It's so true. It's raw sometimes. And so we see in Psalm 32, which I want to read to you in just a minute, um, we see this unconfessed sin and the consequences thereof, but we also see on the backside of that the victory. So there is consequence and there is victory. And the victory comes when we acknowledge the sin in our life, right? And then we just confess it to the Lord. So listen to what David says in Psalm 32, verses 3 through 7. He says this, when I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away and I groaned all day long. Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. Here's King David. You see his heart? You see what he's going through as he has refused, he said. He refused to confess the sin in his life. It was so heavy. I don't know, maybe we're there. Maybe someone's there. But look and see what happens next as David changes his mind and chooses obedience and begins to confess this sin that was so heavy as his body, he said, was wasting away. Check it out. He says, finally, finally, King David says, I confessed my sins to you and stopped trying to hide my guilt. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord. And you forgave me. And all my guilt was gone. I love that. I love that as he decides finally not to hide any longer, but to confess. You see, David's confession set 
him free, church. Amen? Amen. Okay, there is such freedom in confession, agreeing with God. Now, he ends this writing in in Psalm 32 um, with an admonition to each of us. So listen to this. He says, therefore, because of all of these things, because of the unconfessed sin and the consequence of it, but then in, in, in finally making the decision to be set free by acknowledging my sin and confessing it to you, Lord, he says then, therefore, let all the godly people, let all the godly pray to you while there is still time that they may not drown in the flood waters of judgment. For you are my hiding place. You protect me from trouble. You surround me with songs of victory. Do you see it? You see, he comes all the way full circle, all the way around by being obedient to finally deciding that, listen, I'm just going to agree with you, Lord, and I'm going to confess. You see, David knew he was a sinner. And my guess is all of us do too, or we probably wouldn't be here. We are sinners in need of a Savior, amen? See, he knew he was a sinner, and then he learned about confession. He had to learn about confession. And then God's forgiveness. David then lived in victory. Why? Because God purified him. He purified him of all unrighteousness. Oh, yeah, hallelujah, brother, is absolutely right because, church, that is a hallelujah moment. We are forgiven when we confess our sin because the Lord remembers no more. It doesn't mean that he forgets. It just means that he will never use it against us, ever. So this morning, as we think about confession, let's have a right thought And let's have a right heart about it. Because my guess is that there is not, I don't know this, but my guess is there is not one person in this place that doesn't need to confess before the Lord something we've thought, something we've acted upon, some way we've been living that misses the mark, the holy mark that God has set for us that we want to hit, right? So confess it and live in victory this morning if that's where you are. Amen. Take a minute and just go before the Lord in confession. Amen.
and that stands for thanksgiving. Psalm 9-1, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. Um, I love that thanksgiving follows confession because I don't know about you, but when it comes to confession and when God brings things uh, before me, when I begin to see my sin for what it is, um, it's very heavy and grievous and I feel like I can, I can wallow, I can get stuck. Uh, even though I know that I've been forgiven, I, I still feel this weight of, like, oh, my, like that's, that's there. And so I love that Thanksgiving follows this because it lifts our eyes from ourselves uh, to the Lord. And it moves us from just looking at our past, maybe what we've done, regret. It moves us forward into repentance, into walking in truth and in light. Um, 
And it's like this moment where we can be like, Lord, I confess that this is in me. I confess that this is there. Will you forgive me? And then we can say, thank you. That as far as the east is from the west, so far have you removed my transgressions from me. Thank you that I am a new creation in Christ. The old is gone and the new has come. I thank you that I am a child of God and that I can call you Abba. I thank you that I have been washed and sanctified. I thank you that your power is perfected in my weakness and that I am not alone, but that you're with me. And so there are these amazing things that we can be thankful for. And then we begin to think about the material, physical things in this life, like our relationships and our possessions. And it's overwhelming because to think about how God's grace abounds to us, we have so much to be thankful for. And, uh, you know, I think sometimes we can think Thanksgiving is sort of disjointed, like, uh, I'm thankful for my car. Um, <laughs> but it's so, you know, if you stop and you really think about it, it's, it's a really powerful thing that moves us to worship. And so um, we're just going to take a minute now and you can give thanks.
the song of praise with an outstretched arm. song of praise with an outstretched arm I will bless your name thank you Lord I just want to thank you Lord thank you Lord I just want spirit of thanksgiving. I grew up in the Roman Catholic tradition, and uh, when it came to communion, the word that I grew up with was Eucharist. But I didn't know that Eucharist meant thanksgiving. And so communion is a time of thanksgiving. And so uh, we're going to open up the communion table, and the heart of communion today is not just remembrance. Because Jesus says, as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. So remember Jesus, but be thankful. Come up with the smile on your face, joy in your step as you take the cup. This is a time of thanksgiving, amen? Thanksgiving. For God demonstrates his love while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. Thank you. Thank you that our name is written in the book of life and everything that Shiloh shared. Thank you, Amen. So we're going to sing a song. While we're singing a song, come on up, get a cup, and you can go back and have a time of uh, Thanksgiving and communion just personally or as a family, however you would like to do that. Uh, but we want to give thanks through communion right now. So the communion table is open.
Final letter, S, stands for supplication. And in Philippians 4, it says this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And I really like the Acts model because usually S, supplication, is what we define prayer as when we start. Usually our time of prayer is just right into making our requests known, and we didn't add, we didn't adore, we didn't confess, we didn't give thanks. Because if you do ACTS, by the time it gets to supplication, it changes kind of your requests. You kind of come at requests from a whole different perspective. Now, I will say this: supplication actually does mean bringing specific requests before Father. Okay, so do that. that. You know, there's general prayers, but supplication, this is an opportunity. Philippians 4, 6, and 7, that word be anxious for nothing is similar to the word worry, which means in the Greek to be pulled in different directions. How many of us have been pulled or are maybe currently right now are pulled in so many different directions? That's anxiety. That's worry. He says, hey, don't be anxious about anything, but come before Father consciously in prayer and make your specific requests known to him. And that peace that we get is, A, because of who we are in Christ. He's our Father. Amen? And the Bible says there's nothing too difficult for Father. Amen? So we're bringing specific requests in supplication to our Father, who happens to be the God of the universe. <laughs> and will never leave us nor forsake us. And so we're going to give you an opportunity now for supplication. Whatever is on your heart. Bring specific requests to God. We also have a prayer email, uh, and many of you take advantage of that. If there's something you'd like to share with the elders, uh, send us an email, and we'd love to pray uh, with you for that issue. Also, after service, uh, after our closing song, Randy will be up front. If you would like prayer for something, you don't have to share a lot of detail if you don't want to. Uh, Randy is just a tremendous prayer warrior, and he would love to pray with you and for you for that specific need. So you can, you can come on up after. We want to invite you to do that as well. So let's just spend about a minute or so, and if there are specific requests, burdens, things you're going through right now, it's completely appropriate, according to Philippians 4, 6, to bring them before Father. Amen? So let's bring our requests before Father.
Father, thank you that you are a good, good God and that there is nothing too difficult for you and that you want us to cast our cares upon you. You want us to make our requests known. Thank you that through faith in Jesus, we have access to your throne 24-7, 365, to, to find mercy and grace in our time of need. So, Father, uh, by faith and in obedience, we bring our requests to you. We trust you. We trust you. Your timing, your provision, your will. It's always good, and you're always desiring our best. We may not understand why things happen. We may not understand or even like the timing. But, Father, we trust you. We yield, we submit to your will. You are good. We are your children. And in that, we rest. And all God's people said, amen. amen. We're hoping you were blessed today to pray and worship. And uh, quite literally, you know, I mean, I, I, I resonate with Mark, you know, a minute, you know, kind of doesn't do justice. Uh, but for some of you, you prayed for four minutes. And I bet that's a miracle for some of you. Like, four <laughs> minutes? Who can pray for four minutes? Well, you just did. And that's just a model. And if you want, you can take that model and use it. I used it when I was, you know, um, grown up in the Lord. And, and literally, you can time yourself and go a minute. All right, I'm going to do two minutes today. And sometimes you lose track of time. And you adore for 10 minutes, and then you confess. And it, it doesn't have to be strict. It's just a model. It's just a tool to help you have some structure in your relationship with the Lord. Amen? Right? Adoration, confession, just, it's just a tool, and we wanted to give you an opportunity to experience it, to come consciously before Father and adore Him and confess and give Him thanks and make your requests known. And isn't it amazing what He does when we choose to be fully present in His presence? It's that simple. Sometimes it's just being and letting our hearts be open and transparent and just having this conversation. That's called prayer. Amen. So we hope that you're blessed. Uh, we are going to have refreshments in the commons afterwards, but uh, let's celebrate just an incredible morning together. Why don't we stand together and let's just celebrate with the song.
Cause the God of the mountain is the God of the valley. And there's not a place your mercy and grace won't find me again. Oh, there's nothing better than you. There's nothing better You guys have a great week. Come on over to the Commons for fellowship. And now we have an announcement from a mystery person. <laughs> Move on over. Okay. Hello, well family. I just want to let you know that the Easter Bunny is unavailable at the moment. So they sent me. Hi. I am here to announce that on. <coughs> Calm down, Randy. On November, oh, not November, wow, wow. 
Wow, move on over here. Okay, on Sunday, April 9th, we are going to have our annual Kingdom Kids Easter Egg Hunt. And we would love to invite you, your friends and family, to join us. We will be on the back patio. We will have jolly jumps for both the older kids and the younger kids. So that way the younger kids will have more fun and not get clobbered by a giant cow. So we would love to have you. It's for uh, nursery age through fifth grade for the Easter egg hunt, but all ages for all the games and other activities. We also, if you notice uh, my egg bag is a little empty, we do have Easter eggs that are filled, but we are asking if you could donate pre-filled Easter eggs. Um, if you would like to do that, um, please see me or just donate them and bring them to church on Sunday. That would be great before the event, and we would love to see you there. So um, the Easter Bunny will be here. Um, I will not because I have other um, prior engagements, but um, the Easter Bunny will be here, so we hope to see you. And on that account, um, Kingdom Kids, go ahead and meet us at the back door, and we will take you to our um, petting zoo. All right. Wow. <laughs> Let's give it up for our Kingdom Kids. Uh... Wow. Okay. That was the first. <laughs> Just letting you know. So it is a wonderful uh, Easter celebration. They, they literally blanket the back lawn with eggs all the way through and the jolly jumps. So, yeah, if you'd love to participate, we'd love to have you uh, bring some pre-filled eggs, and that would be great. Uh, like we said, it's the first Sunday in March, and so we uh, want to welcome you if you're visiting. Uh, it's called our family service. And so if you don't know if you're visiting, we have a church website, there's an app, there's uh, information in the seats in front of you, kind of get to know us. There's a welcome cart uh, outside that uh, has more information about the church. Uh, there's one thing that, that I was reminded of this week, and um, I'm, I know that we have had several new people come and connect with the church. There's a, a, a ministry called Right Now Media, okay? And if you go to uh, their website... Uh, they have incredible Bible studies for men, women, uh, kids. They have incredible Bible studies on marriage and parenting. Uh, and what we've done is we partnered with them. How long ago was that? A year or two already? Yeah. And so uh, it's a subscription, but we partnered with them. And the church pays for the subscription, so it's free to you. And so please, by all means, uh, great, great studies from great teachers uh, video series, again, very topical oriented, and it's free to you, okay? So you go onto the website, you can click um, Pastor Tyler, you see him for more information about the password. Um, but we really wanted to provide this to you as a church family uh, for your own personal studies and, um, you know, so you're not always just dependent on what we're going to do. So uh, if you're interested, by all means, uh, check out Right Now Media, and uh, we hope that you'll be blessed by it, okay? Uh, Moving on along, I wanted to share with you, you know, it is family service, and I wanted to share some family news. Uh, many of you know that our brother, Pat Pagnasat, has been battling cancer for uh, quite a while now. And our brother, Pat, went to be home with the Lord this morning, about 4.30 a.m. And uh, Pastor Tyler and I were able to spend time with him and his wife and uh, daughter, Natalie, yesterday in their house. And uh, I would really ask you... Um, and, and Kathy would really appreciate your prayers. 
during this time. It's been quite a journey for them. And now they're entering a new season, kind of we call it a page turner, right? You turn the page and now uh, you walk in, in a whole new season. Uh, the good news is, you know, um, Pat knew the Lord and uh, Kathy has been blessed. Their family has been blessed by this church family and all the love and support and prayers that you, you have given to them uh, over the years and especially in this last season of Pat's life. Uh, the way it's going to work, you know, because um, I know we're a very loving church family, but we also have this balance of trying to give family space and time to grieve and process. So if you want to do something or you're wondering what we can do for Kathy and her family, if you would see Pastor Tyler, he's uh, working very closely with Kathy, and uh, he's going to kind of navigate that with us all as far as meals and, and all of that kind of stuff. We just want to give her a little bit of time to breathe and, and just kind of uh, settle down and, and, and kind of chart a course with Natalie and the rest of the family. So um, anyway, um, you know, Pat, many of you, if you were here when we started the church, you know, I shared with the, uh, the leadership team this morning, uh, the thing I'm going to miss is, you know, Pat's guitar out of my left ear because he was right there for years and years and a phenomenal guitar player and years and years of worship team with us. And so I'll miss him as a brother, but miss uh, his ministry here. Um, but the good news is we know where he is. And uh, we celebrate that. So it, it's, it's human. Uh, I would give you permission as well, um, depending on, you know, your experiences with grief. Uh, people here, you know, you, you knew the Pagnus, you knew Pat and the Pagnusats very well for years and years. Some may not even know Pat. Um, everyone grieves differently and on their own timeline. Uh, there's not necessarily a right or a wrong. Um, we just want to be uh, loving to one another and sensitive to one another. So uh, pray for, if you pray for Kathy and Natalie. Um, that would be great. And then we'll let you know more uh, as we move forward about kind of logistical details about how we can come alongside her. Okay. Um, coming up uh, the 18th, men, just want to encourage you, uh, the men's breakfast, uh, March 18th. Uh, I shared kind of at length last Sunday about our heart for men uh, moving forward that we really um, want to kind of not be afraid to, to speak and look at what the Bible says about issues specific to men. And uh, on the 18th, you're going to, you know, there's going to be someone who's going to be sharing uh, kind of their journey through some of these issues that men face. Um, and we really want to encourage you, come on out. Um, it's going to be a fun breakfast. We're going to, you know, do some fun things as well. It's not going to be this really heavy thing, but we do want to just keep really proactively into 2023 uh, seeking the Lord and taking steps forward to, to minister to the men of the church. Amen? And, and again, sometimes it might be a little bit uncomfortable because, you know, um, there are some real issues that affect men personally, affect their marriages, affect their homes. And sometimes even in the church, we're a little bit reluctant to go there. Um, but the Lord's really put on our heart this year. We got to go there. We got to go there uh, to set some men free and to really um, do what we need to do, which is shepherd one another and care for one another. So men, sign up for that so we can kind of get a head count for food. That would be appreciated. Um, Mark. Thank you. So just a couple announcements. Um, going along the lines of men that Richie was just talking about, um, during the pandemic, um, I started an online men's Bible study via Zoom. And um, 
after kind of we started meeting back together again, the Lord really put it on my heart to continue doing that. And we do still have a Wednesday night Bible study via Zoom. And really the, the focus of it at the moment is really guys who can't come in, uh, you know, any other circumstance, you know, because of your work schedule or whatever the case may be, can't come early on a Sunday morning or do other things. So we're at a kind of a transition of starting a new topic. We just finished a, a whole a series with R.C. Sproul on the parables of Jesus. So we're starting this uh, Wednesday night uh, at 7 o'clock on Zoom, a new study that is the seven challenges that men encounter. And again, this is actually right now media um, uh, content that Richie was talking about that really is a great website. So I'm really just looking at guys who aren't involved in a Bible study. This is an hour commitment on Wednesday night. Um, it's a great group of guys. We have a half a dozen guys or so that are just regularly with us. And I really, really encourage all of you guys who aren't involved in something, get a hold of me. I'll give, put you on the email list, send you the link every week and come spend time in the word, fellowship and, and prayer with us. Um, so that's number one. Number two is Mexico. Um, so as you know, we have a couple trips coming up to Mexico this year. The uh, first one is going to be June 18th uh, to 24th. We'll be down in Tijuana for this uh, trip. We're going to be building two houses back to back. Um, so uh, I will. we're really starting registration kind of with in earnest. And so if you are interested in going, if you've already signed up on the list outside that's out on the, the welcome card, I'll be sending you something this week uh, to actually go out and register and that kind of thing. If you are interested in going, um, there seems to be a lot of interest. So let me know. There's a sign-up sheet out on the welcome card. You can come talk to me personally if you'd like to know more about it. And again, I'll just say over and over again, there's three things you can do relative to this type of mission work. One is you can go. If the Lord puts that on your heart and is leading you to do that, come with us and go. Number two is you can pray. Um, we need just prayer for ourselves, for our team, for our YWAM partners, for the families that we build for and, and the Lord's work in their hearts because this is really all about Jesus relative to them. And three is we need a lot of money. Uh, frankly, you know, for both the trip in June and in October, the financial needs about $55,000 to build four houses over these two trips. So it's about half that 27,000 or so for this trip coming up in June. So it's not too early. If you feel led by the Lord, you can just, you know, put money in, you can send it to the church, just designate it for Mexico missions or homes of hope, whatever you want. But um, those are ways that we can all participate in this particular work of the Lord. So thank you. Before we worship, I just want to encourage you. I, I shared this with the team this morning, you know, um, there are seasons in life, and the last uh, year or so, really the last two years, you know, we've, we've had uh, the challenge and the privilege to uh, navigate um, many of the dear saints uh, going to be with Jesus. And uh, I was reminded with Pat's passing, you know, that this matters. That's why this matters. This is, this is more than just showing up somewhere on a Sunday. This is family. And, and we celebrate together. We celebrate births. We celebrate expectant <laughs> births. And then we navigate, we navigate the challenges of, of death and illness and all the ups and downs and lefts and rights that life has to offer. That's why he called us to bear one another's burdens. That's why he put the church together, that we are the body of Christ. Amen? Amen. And so I just want to encourage you, you know, a lot happens from Sunday to Sunday. I don't know. How many of you had a lot happen in the last six or seven days, right? Just, whoa. 
You know, and, and Bill made a great, great point this morning. He says, even if you've come the last three Sundays in a row, every Sunday you come, you're different. You're at a different place just based on what happened in the last six or seven days. None of us shows up here exactly the way we were last Sunday. And what we can do, regardless of, of what happened and what transpired the last seven days, when we walk through the doors and when, or when we get here, we can choose to just be fully present. Amen? Right? We can choose to, to maximize this time. Because really none of us know what's going to happen when we leave here. We assume we're going to make it home. We assume we're going to wake up tomorrow. We assume. There's just a lot of assumptions, but quite frankly, we don't know. But what we do know right now is we're here. And we can be fully present. We can, we can enjoy our vertical relationship, our love relationship with our Father through song and the Word. And we can enjoy one another. And we can uh, pray for one another. We can smile. We can engage in life. Um, because it matters. This matters. Every Sunday to me, you know, I've been doing this for 30 years. Every Sunday, is an, I, it's, a, it's a one-off to me, meaning I gear up as if I've never done it before, and I gear up as if I may never get to do it again. That's how I approach every Sunday. Every time I preach, every time I lead worship, I got to do, do it to the max because I don't, there's no guarantee I'll ever do it again. And for you, I want to encourage you, don't just, don't miss it. Don't miss this. Don't miss what God has for you today. It's not an accident you're here. It's not an accident you're listening at home. Just don't miss it. You can choose to be fully present. Amen?